Welcome to the Key Wealth Matters podcast, a series of candid conversations with leading experts about how individuals and organizations can grow and protect their finances, tailored around current events and trends. Here's your host, Tracy Collins. Welcome to the Key Wealth Matters podcast entitled Get Your Governance Right, The Seven Basic Responsibilities of a Nonprofit Board. With me today is Elizabeth Fedoris, who is President and CEO of Business Volunteers Unlimited. Elizabeth, who goes by Biz, comes to us with almost 30 years of experience in providing consulting, training, and executive coaching services to nonprofits and their board members. Welcome, Biz, and thank you for joining us. Tracy, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And before we jump into today's topic, I was thinking that there might be some of our listeners who aren't familiar with um, Business Volunteers Unlimited. So maybe could you just provide maybe a 30-second high-level overview of BVU and how you work with nonprofits? Of course. KeyBank actually helped to establish BVU in Northeast Ohio back in 1993, and we serve as a bridge between businesses and nonprofits. And for both, we connect, we educate, and we consult. So for businesses, we help their people find the right nonprofit boards, or we get them involved as skill-based volunteers or direct service volunteers. Um, and we train them and prepare them for those positions. And then for the nonprofits, they have access to those volunteers. They have access to uh, lots of educational seminars on governance and management. And then we do consulting with them as well. So it's a, it's a really special organization, a unique organization nationally. And uh, KeyBank was uh, really played an important role in helping us get started. Well, that's great. And I'm sure that that 360 degree view combined with BBU's experience in working with nonprofits becomes especially beneficial when providing guidance around board activities. And some of the things I'm thinking about are, you know, overall recruitment, board engagement, and maybe even um, developing maybe a board culture. And, and I really do want to jump into today's topic because I think it's an important one, but can we just take maybe a little step backwards? You know, we know that there are nonprofit boards and there are for-profit boards. So it might be helpful, you know, as we frame out those seven areas of responsibility of nonprofit boards to understand some of the differences between a board that's working on behalf of a for-profit organization versus maybe one that's working for a nonprofit organization. So maybe can you share some of your thoughts? Sure, Tracy. And I've actually been at BBU since we started and worked with hundreds of nonprofit boards every year. I've never had the uh, privilege of working with a for-profit board, but from my perspective, the difference is that nonprofit uh, boards, the mission is uh, the bottom line. So their duty is to the mission of the organization and the board members or the directors of the nonprofit boards uh, in almost all cases are not paid. In the for-profit, uh, the, the primary responsibility is to the shareholders. The mission is obviously very important, but I think that's, that's the real difference and, and the directors usually paid at the for-profit as well. So that's again, from a very high level, there are many other differences, but a very high level. Uh, perspective on the differences between the two. Thank you. That's actually really helpful. And, and so for nonprofit boards, what are the seven basic areas of responsibility? Well, it's, I would, the first, the primary takeaway is that the buck stops with the board. The buck actually stops with the board, not the chief executive or any individual. And so the seven basic responsibilities are to determine the mission, vision, and strategic direction for the organization to establish and strengthen community relations, to select and support the chief executive, to develop funding resources, to provide financial oversight, to ensure legal and ethical integrity, and finally, to develop the board. Those are the seven basic responsibilities of the nonprofit board. 
of this, the title is seven basic responsibilities, but that list hits on some pretty major areas. So I think it might be helpful is let's talk about each one a little bit. And the first one that you mentioned is that the board has a role in determining the mission or vision of an organization. And I'm kind of curious in what way they have that responsibility. You know, are they themselves actually establishing that vision or are they more or less supporting an existing vision? When as a board member, you get involved, there's a mission and you wanna make sure that the board is responsible to make sure that that mission is still relevant and then to guard against mission drift. And then the board works with, if, if you have staff, they work with the, the chief executive and the staff to set a strategic direction because the board needs to make sure that the organization is leveraging its limited resources in the best possible way to achieve that mission. So making sure that that mission's relevant, guarding against mission drift, and then making sure that the board has a, a solid strategic direction to achieve that mission are really the important responsibilities of the board. And you also mentioned um, a responsibility around fostering community relations. You know, what are some of the ways that a board can do that? So your board members are some of the best possible ambassadors for your nonprofit. They're not paid, they're there only because they care. So as a board member, you wanna make sure that you've got that elevator speech. What are the few, what is that consistent message that if every board member is out there delivering at the community, they're really gonna raise the visibility and credibility of their organization in the community. And then as a board member, once I have that elevator speech, I wanna to try to use it twice a week. Just, you know, in the line at the grocery store, on the golf course, just tell somebody about your organization. And that's just a simple way that everybody can be a great ambassador for their organization. I, I like the, the, the use of the word ambassador. And I think that's a really important word. You know, the word ambassador carries with it a lot of responsibility. And I think that some board members think that by just showing up for that monthly board meeting and maybe providing some input, that fulfills their obligation. So it might be helpful um, if you could expand a little bit more on the idea of ambassadorship and what that means. Yeah, it's just so important for board members to recognize that they're there because they bring relevant experience and perspective from the community into the organization. And that's why they have a seat at the board table. But then also their responsibility is to take the, to be a, an ambassador, to really bring information about the organization back out into the community and share it with their networks. So, you know, talking about them, you know, being informed about the mission and just, you know, what the organization's role is in the community is a really important way that board members can be effective ambassadors and, and share information about the organization with all of their different networks. You, you also mentioned that the board has a responsibility back to the executive office. What exactly do you mean by that? Well, for organizations that have staff, uh, having the right chief executive is absolutely critical to, first of all, lead and manage the organization, but also to work to partner with the board to, so that the board can be successful. It's important to make sure that that chief executive, uh, sometimes called an executive director, sometimes called a president and CEO, make sure that they've got an annual performance review. Um, and then just knowing that that's the only staff really that the board hires, it's then up to the chief executive to hire and manage, and if necessary, fire their staff without board interference. And all, the board also wants to make sure that there's a really good succession plan in place for that chief executive. So if something were to happen to them, how do we keep the doors open tomorrow and the organization running? So real important to, to not only uh, select, but to support that chief executive and also certainly to open doors for them and introduce them to your networks in the community. 
I think that that's an important role. And I think it's one that ties back into that first area of responsibility that you mentioned, which was helping to determine the organization's mission. You know, how can you help find the right leader or build the right succession plan without an understanding of the bigger picture? Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So really, and again, the, the chief executive is the one who's really representing the mission in the community so often. So making sure that you've got, you're supporting someone and you've got the right person in that place. Very important. So for our listeners who are keeping track, we're going to move on to the fourth responsibility. And this is the one that I think most board members um, know that they have to fulfill. And that's the funding piece. And I think of it as the old give or get area of responsibility. So what are some ways board members can fulfill their obligation around finding funding resources? Well, there are two concepts here. First, every board member needs to make um, an annual financial in 99% of the boards that we work with. Every board member is expected to make a personal financial contribution to the organization each year. Some cases, there's a minimum. And certainly, if you're going onto a board, you want to know what the minimum is before you commit to serving on that board. Many others just ask for a personally significant contribution. But this isn't a different, in addition to purchasing the tickets for the gala or the golf outing, it's just making an unrestricted contribution to the organization. And then, in addition to making your own personal gift, every board member should help with fundraising. Uh, in some way, and whether you serve on the fund development committee and you love asking people to make contributions to the organization, or you're just calling donors and thanking them for their contribution, there's a full spectrum of ways that individuals can uh, support uh, the fundraising efforts and activities of an organization. So just find a way that you're comfortable uh, and then uh, learn about how you can do that and get the support that you need so that you can be an effective fundraiser as well. So let's keep with the topic of money and finances, and let's talk about responsibility number five, which is the board's role in providing financial oversight. What are some of the key responsibilities there? Well, the board is ultimately responsible for the financial statements of the organization. So as a board, you want to make sure that you've got a budget. It's usually you know, when you have staff, it's developed by the staff in collaboration with your treasurer, your finance committee, and then presented to the board for approval. And then as board members, I would want to see uh, at least quarterly, especially now, quarterly forecasts against that budget. And also just making sure that your financial statements are uh, easy to read, digestible, and it's, it's easy for all board members to distill what are the important, uh, you know, kind of uh, that, what's the important information coming out of the financial statements that we really need to understand in order to make important decisions. So I would want to make sure as a board member, if it's not me, that there's somebody else on that board who's got the financial skills and expertise so that we have trust in uh, the oversight that we're providing for the financials of the organization. So let's talk about that for just a minute more. Um, you mentioned some pretty specific areas, you know, the annual budget review, reviewing of financial statements. And I know from my own personal experience on boards that sometimes we're asked our opinions about investments and capital expenditures. Those are some pretty technical areas of expertise. So what if a board member just doesn't have that skill set? You know, what can they do to fulfill this part of their role? That's such a good question. And again, I think that's why the board's composition is so important. You want to make sure, depending on the work of your board and what the expertise is you need on the board, you want to make sure that you've got people on the board with the relevant skills and expertise and just diverse perspectives to fulfill that responsibility. So that, that, that's really important. And I would want to be confident if it wasn't me that there were other folks with that expertise on the board and on the board committees. So we have two more to go. So let's talk about legal and ethical responsibility. 
are you talking about this as an area of responsibility or more as an area of awareness or concern for individual board members? Because um, you know, we sometimes hear about the potential of personal liability when you serve on a nonprofit. Um, which area are you really talking about? Uh, nonprofit board members have the duties of care, loyalty, and obedience. Uh, and throughout, I mean, in Ohio, there are very specific requirements for board and in all states there are, but you know, throughout the United States, board members are gonna have the duties of care, loyalty, and obedience. And this basically means the duty of care is that you're using good business judgment when you're making decisions, you're getting the expert advice that you need to make the right decisions. Uh, the duty of loyalty is to, the, is to just the conflict of interest and making sure that there's a, a policy and a procedure in place to avoid conflicts of interest and to really always be working on behalf of the organization and putting the mission first. And then the duty of obedience or compliance is really just why we have our 501c3 status and making sure that we're fulfilling uh, the mission of the organization. So those are the basic legal and um, ethical responsibilities for nonprofit boards. And let's just round out our list of seven with talking about board development. What specifically are you talking about here? This is actually, you know, so many instances, it's not, this is something that the board really needs to own. Having a good, strong board is something that the board uh, is responsible for. And there's so many boards that have a great group of people sitting around the table, but if they don't have the right structure or practices, they don't have an effective and engaged board. And on the same side, you might have the, the right structure and practices, but if you don't have the right people. So making sure that you've got a governance committee that's looking paying really close attention to recruiting folks who bring the right skills and experience and diversity to ensure that your board can really play a strong leadership role uh, for the mission of the organization. And so I think a governance committee is one of the most important committees that you can have on your board. And just understanding that the board really needs to own that. It's not a staff role, it's the board's role to make sure that there's a strong and engaged board. Well, Biz, you've certainly demonstrated that there is more to being a board member than just showing up for a meeting or writing your annual check. And I think it's important that both the nonprofit organization as well as the board members know exactly what those expectations are. So in our last few minutes together, what are some things that our listeners can do today that will help them to communicate these important areas of responsibility and also ensure that there is a clear understanding and accountability for everyone? Thanks, Tracy. I just think our nonprofit sector is on the front lines in most of our communities, meeting some of our community's most complex and gritty issues. So for board members to understand that it's so much more than coming to meetings, that you wanna bring your skills and expertise and that your networks, you wanna use every board and committee meeting as an opportunity to really dig into the meaningful issues that matter most to the nonprofit and uh, make sure that you're, you're, not, you're not leaving your, your brain at the door, but you're really using you know, your perspective and your experiences when you're in these board meetings to, to help the nonprofits navigate through the opportunities and challenges that are facing us all right now. So it's so important for boards to understand their responsibilities and make sure that they've got the right people uh, sitting around the table to really partner with the staff to lead the organization. Well, this has been a very enlightening and helpful discussion. And I can tell we just scratched the surface of this topic. And Biz, I wanna thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Tracy. It's, again, it's been my pleasure, appreciate it. 
And thank you to our listeners for taking time out of your day to listen in. For more information about the responsibilities of a nonprofit board and its members, we've included several attachments in the show notes for this podcast, along with a link to the Business Volunteers Unlimited website. Additionally, if you have a specific question, there is also a URL that you can use to submit your question back to our KeyBank team. And if you've enjoyed today's discussion, then please be sure to check out the other podcasts in the Key Wealth Matters series. As always, thank you for listening. The Key Wealth Matters podcast is produced by the Key Wealth Institute. The Key Wealth Institute is comprised of a collection of financial professionals representing key entities, including key private bank, key bank institutional advisors, and key investment services. Any opinions, projections, or recommendations contained herein are subject to change without notice and are not intended as individual investment advice. This material is presented for informational purposes only and should not be construed as individual tax or financial advice. Bank and trust products are offered by KeyBank National Association, member FDIC, and Equal Housing Lender. KeyBank Private Bank and KeyBank Institutional Advisors are part of KeyBank. Investment products, brokerage, and investment advisory services are offered through Key Investment Services, LLC, or KISS, member FINRA, SIPC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Insurance products are offered through Key Corp Insurance Agency USA, or KIA. KIS and KIA are affiliated with KeyBank. Investment and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed, may lose value, not a deposit, not insured by any federal or state government agency. KeyBank and its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult their personal tax advisor before making any tax-related investment decisions. This content is copyrighted by KeyCorp 2021.